And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Laz and Powers. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on-demand. Learn more at directtv.com. I am Scott Powers of The Athletic. I'm with Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. Today is, I've already said the day wrong multiple times to people. Like, I, I left a voice message and I was like, oh, today's Wednesday. I'm like, nope, no, today's Tuesday. Mark, hello. <laughs> Good to see you. Today is Tuesday. Time, time is moving very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had I had a moment today. I probably shouldn't even mention this to people because it's embarrassing and shows how unprofessional I am. But I, you know, we you talked a lot on? about how was that you had pants on. Yes, I did have pants on. Yes, I was in public. My shoes had a hole in them, but I did have pants on. <laughs> uh, so I'm at practice today, and uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the disconnect we feel from the team not being in the room every day, right? And how yeah. we just you know it dawned on me. Like, you know, I saw Patrick Sharp in the press box the other day. He's like, "Oh, hey, Laz, how you doing?" And we were you know BSing for a while, and it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I used to be able to you know." develop some kind of relationship with these guys. And meanwhile, so we're waiting, we're in the press room at fifth third arena, waiting for them to bring up the players to talk to. And they didn't give us a heads up who it was going to be. And some generic looking hockey player walks in, sits down at the table. And I immediately go, Oh shit. I don't know who this is. This is a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. There aren't that many of them. Can, and I'm can, not, can I guess? Is. Can I guess? You could try, but I, I want to take you through my thought process here. I'm like, all right, this might be Henrik Borgstrom. You know, oh, he's kind of going to be my first he, guy. He's tall. He's kind of skinny. He's kind of generic white guy. But then he started talking, no accent at all. <laughs> and I asked the first question, so I'm like, just generic. Oh, you know, you played. You know, after a game like last night when things aren't going so well, what's the vibe at practice? Yeah, they're trying to get something out of him. And you know, I'm like, okay, it's not Henrik Borgstrom. I can rule that out. And then I start going through guys. I'm like, well, he's got he's got a wrap on his ankle. Who had an ankle injury recently? I'm trying to rack my brain, go through it. I'm literally it's like the four or five minutes that we're all asking him questions. I'm just trying to narrow down in my head who this is because I can tell everybody around me knows who it is, and that's really embarrassing. So <laughs> finally, then I go, I think this is Mackenzie Entwistle. I think that's who this is. I'm pretty sure this is Mackenzie Entwistle. And then right. we finish up, and then uh, Will Chuckerman, who's the, the the PR guy who brought him up, goes, "Thanks, Mackenzie." I'm like, "Ah, I nailed it. I knew it." <laughs> But the, Mackenzie Entwistle has been on this team the entire hockey season, and I wasn't sure who it was when he walked in the room. I mean, that's this is what we miss by not being in the room is just not not never mind having a relationship, being able to pick these guys out of a freaking lineup. If he's not wearing a fifty eight on his shirt, I can't tell who it is. Yeah, no, that's I, I've had, I've had that too. Where I've, like, like Borgstrom and some of those guys, where you just don't see that often, or right. you know, like it just it's yeah, it's yeah, no, it's. 
it's funny just how many guys we didn't really you know like well, i guess even the guys on the team last season we didn't even meet really you know yeah. like we never saw Zadorov in, in person or you right. know uh, it's uh, so different when like you know kane walks in the room or staves or you know dylan strom connor murphy to bring yeah. guys that we've known and we're in the room with and you can have some you know like like i don't i don't i don't know the give and take with some of these guys like I don't know, you know, if I could, if, if I, if I did get one of these guys on one-on-one before a game, like, I don't know the, 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 you know, can I be kind of cheeky with him? Can I, can I crack a joke? Will he be offended? Is he a deadpan? Is he funny? Is he serious? Yeah. Like, you know how to, you know, it took me like that entire, we've talked about this before, that entire 2013 season I felt was me learning Duncan Keith's rhythms, like how to talk to Duncan Keith. Cause he could be, he can be kind of off-putting because of his deadpan. And it took me that entire season to learn how to talk to Duncan Keith. And after that, it was great we always had a good relationship and it's like i have none of that with almost anyone on this team anymore because you just don't ever talk to them you don't you can't just say hey what's up it's always in a press conference setting or a zoom setting there's never any casual conversation whatsoever and you lose something in that you know you you, you look back to the just there's there's so much that we lose i I keep thinking about jim matheson and edmonton you know asking leon dreisaitl why he's so pissy and like I can think back. I've I've kind of I, I haven't maybe used that word, but I I'll sit there. I've I've talked to Brent Seaver. Go, dude. Why are you so pissed off right now? And then we yeah. can talk and hash it out. And he says, "Oh, I didn't like what you wrote here," or you know, oh, someone else said this. And you know, you talk like grownups and you get past it. Like, there's none of that anymore. We're just reporter and 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 athlete. There's no <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. There's we used to be kind of coworkers. You know, we work in the same environment, and it's not like that at all anymore. Yeah. Uh, the only difference between the Zoom and the in person is like you can ask like multiple questions or just it oh feels, yeah, it's way you know, better like there's a little bit more yeah. human interaction than just hitting a a button and then getting your two questions and then. Yeah, I mean the fact that we even got the two questions was like it was like a nice. Bonus, <laughs> we had, we yeah. had to like we had to like you know make our pitch for that to have follow ups. Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly better now. You know, there's more of a it's just a natural dynamic. And frankly, this season there's fewer people in the room every day because the Blackhawks aren't you know the biggest story in town. So there's not a ton of TV people there every day. So it is just basically like you know the the usual four or five of us: me, you, you know, Tracy, uh, Ben, Charlie, uh, sometimes Deets. You know, in Phil, it, it's, Phil it's, it's, and, it's yeah. the same. And, and Joe, it's like the same people every day. So you kind of, yeah. it, it, it's it's a million times better than it was, but it's not nearly as good as it used to be. So last night's game, I, I, I think we, I don't know, we, we didn't have much to write last night. So we, we uh, the, I mean, that was, that game just, it felt, I don't know. It, it, was, it was one of the worst the, hockey games I've ever been to. Yeah, I, I think it was, you know, like, like there was that, but it's also like, it was just the context of the game, you know, like it's like the Blackhawks were, I mean, yeah, it's like their chances are so slim, and then um, you expect them to play with energy. And Kane's talking about, you know, we need to win this game. This is an important game, and then you know we can build some momentum. And um, the Canucks are right ahead of them in the, you know, in the standings, which is pretty far down the the ladder still. But then you get a game where it's just it was very much Blackhawks esque for a lot of the season. You know, like you just there was nothing. It was blah. It was, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just. Uh, yeah, it, it felt like a lot of games this season, and it sort of just hit home the fact that they're not gonna like it's 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 nearly impossible for them to battle back into it now. Like they're they're fourteenth in the Western Conference. They're now seven points behind the Canucks, who's a team ahead of them, and they play the same amount of games. And then, um, so so there's all that, and then well, yeah, we made a big deal out of this stretch here, where you know if they can hang with Minnesota twice and. Colorado twice, and maybe they can do something. And they, and, and and the cruelest part of it is they really did. Other than that first Minnesota game, they played really well against yeah. Minnesota the second night. And both games against Colorado, they gave a good effort. They just came away with nothing basically. And it's just it it, it kind of like 
all right, now you can't even say, well, maybe because, you know, we're a weekend at, at the all-star break now, which is kind of what usually you significantly past the midseason point. You realize that all of a sudden it's not a ton of hockey left. So it's funny, like before the game, you're like, oh, I'll write a story because we were both at the game. You're like, all right, tonight. And then the first intermission, we're like, do we do either of us have anything to write? Yeah. And then the second intermission, you're like, let's just let the readers comment and we'll talk about it on the podcast. I, don't even, I think it was like the third period, like during the third period, like we slacked each other and like, let's just try this. And, um, and it sounded like today, like not that. Yeah. I mean, at this point there, there's really nothing to gain, but it, it sounded like today, I mean, at least Mark Crawford put a little, I mean, you were at practice and yeah, a little Mark fire Crawford out there was today, swearing yeah. a little bit and getting a little, a little loud. And yeah, you know, there's a, the good cop, bad cop routine that, that Crawford and King sometimes play that was kind of on display. And, you know, they were, they're running drills on the second sheet of ice and, you know, Crawford's not happy with, you know, F2 getting lost. That's been kind of a steady thing. And, you know, King's talked about that where, you know, F1 gets in there and, and, and F2 is just kind of lollygagging around, like roaming the ice instead of, you know, reading off of him and making the right play. And Crawford just lost his mind. He starts, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, what the fuck? And, yeah, da, 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 da. and you know, in, in that empty rink, basically, it was, it was basically like you know, a handful <laughs> of us reporters. And there was some guy with his baby in a stroller with Mark Crawford's <laughs> F-bomb, you know, rattling off the rafters at Fifth Third Arena. But, um, you know, the, the King said, you know, we want them to feel uncomfortable every now and then they should feel yeah. uncomfortable. They're not playing well enough right now. And when you have a game like last night where they just, it looked like they didn't care. And that's unusual. Like this team for all of its flaws this year, for the most, they've had a lot of slow starts, but they get into the game and they fight and they battle and they try. They're just overmatched a lot of the times last night against Vancouver. They looked like they didn't want to be there. And that looked like a team that uh, I don't want to say given has given up. But that looked like a team that had, was finally understanding the reality of their situation, and I can understand how it can be hard to get up when that's hitting you in the face. Yeah, I don't. I, I think. I, I mean, I, I guess there's some of that, but I also feel like it's just there's. I don't know. Vancouver had a really good game plan and played them well, and you know, like it's. It, 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 at times they're just they're outmatched. Like they just if if something's not clicking with a couple of guys offensively, there's so little to go around, you know. And um, and, and I felt like you know yesterday. The fact that Vancouver was pressuring him so much, and they, you know, they just they're, they're tr- struggling exiting the zone, and yeah, I don't know stuff that we've seen like pop up at certain times. You know, it was a l- little bit more um, consistent last night where there were issues, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they've lost it, but it, but it felt like you know, like when, when Patrick Kane says this is a huge game, like I don't know, it felt like like they all understood the value, like that was. You know, like they're going to go out there and play with that. And I just, I don't know if they're capable at times. Like I, that's, that's the reality is that as well as they've played and, and, and the games that they played well against Colorado and a lot of those, they're, they're playing really tight games where there's such a slim margin of error, you know, like defensively, they're playing pretty well in Colorado. They had a lot of shots, um, especially that one game, but it, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I mean, I don't, I don't expect this to it, be it's the hard, case. It's hard to judge the effort, you know? Like, it's it's such a hard, uh, especially, you know, I guess it just... I mean, effort, effort's not really... The, I, I, maybe that's the wrong word for it, but, like I, like, I don't expect this to be the case every game the rest of the season. I really do think getting nothing out of those two games against Colorado and losing an overtime in Minnesota, those were games that mattered. Yeah, kind of adds up. Those were games... Bit, yeah. they, 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 they really wanted them, and they played really well, and they still came up empty. I do think that's demoralizing. That's deflating for a team, young, yeah. or, young or experienced. You're going to have a natural human reaction. And I felt like, you know, last night's game against Vancouver was like the, the just not and trap game is not the right word, but you just, you're set up for disappointment. It's, it's going to be really hard to get up for a game against another middling team like that after taking your swing and missing. I mean, they, yeah. they, 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 they came for the king and they missed and they just missed. And that's the worst part of it. Like if they had just gotten blown out, Maybe it's a different story, but they they gave it everything they had, and they put up a good fight, and they still lost both of those games. 
and then lost and lost in overtime to Minnesota before that. I think that that's that there's these guys are human. They're professional athletes, but they're human too. And I think there's a there's there's going to be a natural like you know I think they'll come back out of the break and they'll be fine and they'll play hard and they'll win some games. They'll lose some games. I think they were set up for. Uh, a flat effort that night. I think that was inevitable. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, so, so looking ahead, and, and, and I guess that's where the podcast will, will sort of go, is that, uh, you know, one, they, they've, the Blackhawks have announced, uh, I don't know, the last time that we did a podcast, I can't even remember if they announced the uh, the GM search, or uh, I, can't I don't believe they did. I, I think that was before that. Okay, so uh, so so obviously they announced a little bit more. Like we, we've written plenty about it now. The GM search is narrowing down, and and now yesterday they they announced an advisory committee of of Marion Hosa and Patrick Sharp and 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 old Eddie Olchek. Um and and you know they set this trade deadline um, deadline for for when they're going to do it. So would they have about a month month and two weeks, or so month and three weeks? Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll be, you know, and then now, and now there's this town hall meeting tomorrow night, which, you know, there's, they'll, you know, obviously they'll, you know, and they're expected to take questions about Kyle beach and everything happened there, but certainly this is part of the agenda too. And, um, and we'll have plenty to write about Kyle beach whenever, but I think maybe just sticking to the hockey stuff right here. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you have a, a pretty hard deadline to hire someone. You, um, I, I know they're trying to look outside the, you know, look, look, look all around the league and you can try to interview as many candidates, you know, to, to me, it, you know, I wrote about this. It, it feels like it's Kyle Davidson's job to lose at this point. Um, and, and there's all these different factors of the committee and all these different things, but it, it, it does feel like if it's not Davidson, I, I'd be shocked. I think. Yeah, and so would most of the hockey world. I mean, everyone I've talked to, you know, in and around and outside the team seems to think that Davidson's a lock, which makes you wonder why they're going through all this show. I mean, maybe I mean maybe everyone's wrong and they really are open-minded as to as to, you know, whether maybe there's some internal conflicts within the organization of 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 who prefers which direction here and they want to bring in as many people as they, I mean, it never hurts to interview people, to bring people in and ask them, you know, what would you, because that's basically what they're going to do, right? They're going to be, what are you going to do to, to get this team out of this hole? What would, what would your plan be? So you get some ideas out of that. And, you know, I, I think both of us were surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised that they decided that Danny Wirtz decided to just have a GM that reports directly to him as CEO, given his does not have a hockey background. I think most of us expected them to split that job into a president of hockey ops, kind of the public facing uh, voice who can restructure the whole organization and a GM who is like Davidson, maybe a younger, more cap savvy, you know, the, the math guy, so to speak, who could, who could work on the, the, the more granular details. Um, so it is surprising that they, if you had asked me a month ago, 
two months ago, if they were just going to have a GM, I'd say there's no way it's going to be Kyle Davidson. That's too much. That's that's too much uh, responsibility for him. Um, I would have thought that he would be the GM with a president. But now it seems like they they're very comfortable with him. They like it. They you know he's he's impressed. I talked to a bunch of you know agents and other people around the league. They're all very impressed by Kyle Davidson. Everyone likes him. Everyone thinks highly of him. So he's I, I agree with you. I think he's going to get the job. The question is, could you even bring someone in between now and March twenty first and have them yeah. orchestrate a trade deadline? I mean, if you're how how familiar can you become with an organization and all of its pieces and depth and depth chart? In that time, by the after, by the time all these interviews and everything are done, it seems like it's got to be Davidson running the trade deadline at the very least. And, and if you were, you'd you'd really need need Kyle Davidson and, and everyone else to buy into it, right? Like, right. I feel like at this point, you need Kyle Davidson to be like, uh, you know, one to kind of step out, step step back away. Like we've given you this job, you know, and now we're going to pull it away from you, and now you have to help this other person, um, and, and kind of catch them up to speed and what conversations you've been having with GMs and and all these different factors. Like it, it just yeah, it makes it just. It's really complicated, and I think it's really, really challenging. Um, I, I, I do wonder if you know, maybe, and, and I guess it depends on who the interview. We haven't heard any names yet, but uh, if they interview people that you know that may end up in hockey ops with the Blackhawks, anyways, and you know they create yeah. positions or titles that um, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone's gunning for for GM, but you know something else that's satisfactory for for these people. So I, I, I wonder, you know, like we, we hear a lot about how they want the the hockey ops to be, you know, kind of an evolution and, and all these different ideas of it. And, um, and so far we, we've yet to see it. And, and I think the first piece is obviously hiring a general manager, but, um, you know, the, this vision of, you know, yeah, yeah, something outside the box and talking to other, you know, other sports industries. And I, you know, I'm curious of where that actually goes and, um, and, and if there is, you know, if there is actual change or anything new that we haven't seen before, too, because I feel like that's that's been a focus and it's something we've heard a lot about, you know, is, you know, even even as they hired sportsology to do uh, the primary research and then talking to, you know, they mentioned Jed Hoyer and other people from other industries. And, and how do you actually use that information to, um, you know, implement it into hockey and, and, and a new a new vision for hockey ops and. Um, I imagine those are questions too. They'll, they'll get to tomorrow night about just uh, you know how this all really, really fits in, and how do you how do you put all this stuff and you know into a package and make it work for an organization. And you wonder about this advisory board with Hosa and Sharp and Olchek. You know, Olchek's a name that's been bandied about as a potential team president. You wrote a column about that. He's very respected. The fans love him. He would give some credibility right away. Um, does this does this take him out of the running? Does this Maybe set him up for an advisory role going forward, like a more permanent advisory role, or maybe he's. Can he hire you know, himself like that? Well, <laughs> like Dick, he, Dick Cheney did it, right? I mean, anyone could do it. You know, <laughs> Danny Wirtz did it. Danny Wirtz was hired to find his replacement, and he hired Danny Wirtz. So it I helps mean, that when you're when you're related, right? <laughs> it does. It does. But that happens a lot, where the person who's who's in charge settles on themselves. It happens. Um, and and maybe maybe this ends up with Kyle Davidson as GM and and Eddie Olchek as senior advisor to the GM. I mean, there's, there's you know they, they if if they're valuing his input on hiring a GM, it makes sense that they would value his input more going forward. So I think that you know right now the plan is to hire a GM and have him report directly to Danny Wirtz. I wouldn't be shocked if over the summer maybe they do hire a president. Maybe they do decide that they want to expand hockey ops or restructure hockey ops. I think. Between now and the trade deadline, you cannot overhaul this entire system that, that has been built here. You can hire a GM, and then you can reassess that in the offseason. It's going to be a very long offseason. 
I mean, their off season is going to start at the end of April and the season's not going to start until October. You can restructure things during those Stanley Cup playoffs and really rethink the way you want to do things. And maybe that's where some of this quote unquote outside the box thinking comes into play because hiring a GM to run your hockey ops is not exactly outside the box. This is just how it's been done forever. Even thinking about this advisory board and, and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we've seen sharp within the organization and, you know, Hosa was going to have his legacy night and, you know, uh, I I would imagine that Hosa, you know, maybe comes back and does something to, you know, like this feels like the first step that sharp and Hosa may be having more of a voice within the organization, Um, but which also complicates things because, because hiring Kyle Davidson also feels like, Brian Campbell's going to get a larger role, and those yep. guys are all all teammates with, with Brian Campbell too. So I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of uh, yeah, just the, yeah, a lot of challenges to you know, like making this fair and objective, and and giving other people a fair chance because um, you know Brian Campbell has a role within the Blackhawks and within development in Rockford, but he's certainly been elevated since Kyle Davidson's taken over, and it feels like he's destined for a, an assistant GM type position. Absolutely, Davidson's yeah. promoted, so. Um, you know, is he is is he having talks with Kosa? You know, dropping a text to Hosa or Sharp or just you know like hey, you know this would be good or that type of thing. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, yeah, some of that's a little bit complicated too. And you know, I mean, Jamie, it sounds like Jamie Faulkner is going to be involved in too. And yep. so it's um, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious what this this whole process will, will look like and how they do these interviews and um, you know who's in the room and who's asking questions and what those questions are. And, and hopefully, you know, we, we get an idea who some of the candidates are here going forward too. And um, yeah, I feel like it'll be an interesting few weeks because things have to be pretty accelerated from here until, uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, to do this by March, like you want someone in place probably uh, very soon. And I, I would caution everybody not to expect to get every question answered tomorrow night at this town hall. This is not going to be a press conference. This yeah. is going to be a prepared remarks and probably some questions from fans pre-screened. And then, you know, they'll they'll get to us in the press, but we're, it's not going to be like an hour straight of us interrogating these guys. So we're going to have to, you know, have at least leave some bullets in the chamber for future interviews and things down the yeah. road. That hopefully yeah, oh, yeah. hopefully, and hopefully that. this is, hopefully this is just the, the start, start of them talking. Right, know? right. And uh, so, you know, don't get it. Don't expect to get an answer to all these questions and all your Kyle Beach questions and everything else. There's a, there's a lot to get to. And it's Are you not telling gonna, me this? I'm telling our listeners because they're all going <laughs> to yell at us on Twitter at 7 p.m. saying, why didn't you ask this? Why didn't you ask this? Yeah. Why didn't you? And they're going to be correct. But the fact is, this is not going to be the proper venue for some of these questions where, you know, a an actual wide-ranging interview, like, say, on the Lazen Powers podcast would be nice, where yeah. we could get into a lot of detail and a, and, and a more wide-ranging thing than just a press, as we've learned, as we've been harping on forever and you're all sick of hearing, press conferences are not necessarily conducive to great interviews. So building off of that is the story that we wrote last night or, or we quote unquote wrote. wrote. Um, it's still we, longer we, than any newspaper story I ever write. I mean, you know, it was all relative. Yeah. Um, what we asked for were fans and readers opinions and what they would do as, as GM and, um, and some of you, you know, and we, we said, we mentioned on the podcast and, and some people would put a lot of thought into it and had length, lengthy replies. And it, it's, you know, there, there was a lot of just burn it down, but we were looking for more specifics in that. Yeah, no. So I, I we appreciate all the replies and I, and I honestly read them all today and it was, uh, yeah, it, it's nice that one to have that community again, we were thankful for all our subscribers and, um, you know, the comments can be, uh, compelled sometimes to go into, but something like this made it a little bit more enjoyable. Um, just, yeah, people 
put some real thought into it and have some ideas and some ideas, um, you know, I found were pretty, pretty smart. Others were, you know, like certainly, I think, uh, I'm sure that as you question our hockey intelligence, I'm going to question some of your hockey. Intelligence. Hey, we, we, we made it, we made it through a hockey comment section without anyone calling me a cuck either. Ah, uh, there's time. That's always a win. Day. There is time left <laughs> in the day. Um, so I, yeah, I was going to, uh, I, 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 I grabbed some, I, I, and there's some that are duplicated. So I apologize if I didn't grab you. Like I, I there were, there were, obviously there were a lot of, uh, yeah, I, I mean, pretty... a lot of people said trade Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. It's like, all right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there were some really lengthy ones that were good too. They just it duplicated. So I apologize if uh, if I didn't pick yours and it, it wasn't necessarily a. Uh, it's it's me, personally me, hates you. Me judging you or your your opinion. So, um, but yeah, it just I, I grabbed some that kind of stood out and some some different ideas and some of these might even be repetitive because I was I was copy and pasting them. But um, just to, just to read a couple and and read some of their. Um, uh points so uh this was from james m and he he said commit to a rebuild Uh, you know they're more than a free agent signing away from figuring out it'd be easier if they were on the cusp of stanley cup and just needed one or more two pieces trade mccabe dehan gustison and andler defenseman for picks and prospects hold on to seth jones and murphy create room for mitch lekalnik bodan gelvis and see what else you got uh the rest of the year uh he said trade all the uh, offensemen except for a cat hagel reichel and doc uh uh, stockpile as many draft picks as possible uh commit to a rebuild in the, for the next four or five years and um yeah it was just, just something you know a higher established nhl coach and i thought that was interesting too I, I think Derek king i think everyone was on board with Derek king there for a while and and and, and things haven't gone as smoothly um as smooth here as of late so and i and, I, and, I, and the fact is that you haven't hired an established nhl coach so, since joe quinville you know and you took a chance with colleton and and now you thought king would bring something and i and i think he has um and 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 and, and, and as you wrote too i, I think there, there's some positive qualities to king but maybe it's time to go get someone who's been through this and and, yeah. and you get someone who's um you know a little bit more established and so um, but oh, yeah, was, I don't know. It, it, it was it was nice of you to leave off his last comment about Jeremy Colleton at the end of that comment. It's very well thought out one. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, I, yeah. I agree. I do. I do. You know, on the one hand, you want a developmental coach, right? Because you got a lot of young pieces that you want to make sure. Well, but like Joel Quenville was never a developmental coach. He did not. You know, he, like Jeremy Colleton, say what you will about him, did a good job with Alex Debrinket. He did a good job with Adam Boquist. He did a good job with uh, Kirby Doc. He kind of eased them in. You know, he sat them every now and then to kind of just let them, hey, get your head straight. And they came back and they usually played well. Uh, he That was kind of his 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 deal. Right? He was a developmental coach. And Joel Quenville was a win-now coach. I don't know if bringing in a win-now coach is the best move. Like if you brought in Bruce Boudreau, if you had hired him instead of Derek King back when he was available before he went to Vancouver, he would have made the Blackhawks better this year. But is he a long-term solution that's going to make the Blackhawks, you know, prospects play? I don't know. So I, it, it's tough because there are going to be experienced coaches out there. There are going to be your, you know, uh, Claude Julien types or, you know, God forbid, Mike Babcock or John Tortorella. Those guys are going to be available. But is that really the, the, the guy you want leading a team with this many young pieces? I'm not convinced of that. So I understand the desire for an experienced coach after going through a uh, the last few years without one, that guy is going to get his feet wet. But well, I'm there's not somewhere sh- in between of what, you know, what Colleton was, was that it, it was this thought that he was the, the next guy. And he may, you know, like Colleton's career, like we'll see, you know, obviously he's got a chance to go win a gold medal. Yeah. And, and, but, but it was also like you, you took a chance, like you saw what he did in Sweden at the second level. You gave him one season in Rockford. Like there yeah. wasn't, uh, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot, uh, a sample size there. And then you give Derek King, 
a chance and he's been your Rockford coach. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, you know, like there's somewhere in between that maybe just someone who has more experience at different levels. Cause I think development is, 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 is such a key. Um, and, and I think King's been good in that fact and that, you know, he, he's worked with these guys in Rockford and um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it, it's, I don't, I don't know if King's the guy or not. Like maybe he is, but it, it's just, it's, I think uh, he has a role going forward. If he wants one, I don't think he's going to get the job. I, when I was writing that column, I was saying he, he, he had, this is before the last couple of weeks where he had earned at least a a, a, a fair chance at like a, like a spot in the conversation. I always thought he was a long shot, but he is he is liked. Uh, he has th- this team isn't you know regardless of the record and it's significantly better since he came over. But you know it's in such a better headspace than it was. Like these guys are enjoying themselves and they're 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 out there and they're working and that's important. And I, I think that you know people lose sight of that sometimes that that the vibe around a team is really important. And yeah, King has done sure. a good job creating a better one around here. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, let's get to Nico G here because he, he he has a point that a lot of people brought up that I want to get into. First, trade every player who's in the contract here like Tahan, Carpenter, Gustafson. Recoup them for anything you can to replenish the pipeline. You're not going to get a ton of... Any of that, but yeah, fine. Play the young guys, bring up Reichel, Mitchell, Bodan, and Galvis. Let them learn and develop in the big leagues. The AHL is not a developmental league, he says. Um, I agree with most of that. I don't think burning Reichel's contract at this point is a good idea. So, you know, we can disagree with that. Now, this is the one. A fresh start for Kirby Doc. The fan base is sour on Doc, and it sounds like it's all in his headspace. Give him an opportunity with a new franchise while bringing back a similar return, i.e. similar to Strom for Schmaltz. We got a lot of this. A lot of people yeah. saying trade Kirby Doc, and I... Look, I know people are down on Doc right now. He hasn't been what you wanted him to be. He hasn't been what you thought he was going to be, especially, you know, dating back to like the summer of 2020 with the bubble where everyone had really high hopes for him. But this is still a pretty good all-around player. Um, the face-offs are brutal. Like it's, it, and they're getting worse. And that, that, you know, if you're a 30% face-off guy, it's really hard to be a center in the NHL. Um, I, I, see, I could see him being a, a really good Marion Hosa light winger, like a Brandon Sod type, potentially. He's good in his own end. He's big. He's strong. He does have some offense. He doesn't finish, but he creates things on the offensive end. You know, maybe we have to recalibrate what we think he's going to be. But also, he literally just turned 21. Yeah. And the idea of like punting on him ready because the fan base, I don't give a shit if the fan base is sour on him. That's the fan base will be happy with him if he starts playing well again. Like that's trading a 21 year old number three overall pick because the fan base is sour on him, which admittedly they are. That that's that makes no sense to me at all. But I, I think it would be a huge mistake because you're not going to get what are you going to get for him? What are you going to get for you know the Schmaltz Strom comparison? All right, I guess, but 
you know, you, Strom's uh, uh, Doc's ceiling is still so much higher than just about anything you're going to get for him. So I, 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 we got a lot of that. I just disagree with that. All right, and back to Nico. Number four, maximize your return on Marc-Andre Fleury. This is, of course, assuming you could even trade him if he's okay with that. Work with Fleury to send him to his desired destination while getting back a high draft pick, second or better, ideally. That's best-case scenario at this point. Taves and Kane, approach the faces of the franchise and ask them what they want to do with their future. If they're ready to move on, send them on their merry way in the summer of 22 to a new destination in the form of an actual hockey trade. Explore what you can get for the cat. This guy really wants to tear down this team. No one wants to trade to bring it, but he is the strongest asset on the team. If anyone calls, listen to what the return could be, as it may be your best chance at replenishing your pipeline. And number seven, prioritize speed. The current team is built for the 2000 seemingly, and has very little team speed. Get with the times and draft acquire fast players across the board. I will say, watching Sam Lafferty play, that guy is fast, and it's noticeable because the Blackhawks do not have a lot of team speed. And it is jarring almost to watch a Blackhawk with that kind of speed. So I'm with him there. Uh, the rest of it, it's a little dramatic for my tastes. Besides, I mean, trading to Brinkett, I, 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 he's too young and too good to be. Like, some, someone else in one of these things said he should be your third best player. And I get that because you're thinking of those 2010, 2013, 2015 Hawks that were just so loaded. But boy, imagine this team without Alex to Brinkett right now. Imagine how bad things could get. Yeah. I, I like the idea of, uh, and, and this is from Nicholas E., who's the next one too, but, you know, he mentions, um, you know, trading to, to bring it to. And I, I like some of these who just, you know, we're, we're willing to be a little bit more extreme and take some chances. Cause I, I think, and I think that's a part of the problem that the GM gets so comfortable and, and not that you want to trade Alex to bring it, but the idea of even just exploring what that looks like and what can you get in return? Because you, you, you know, with the Blackhawks, we, and I, I think this is part of the Strom conversation too, is like, you know, what does Strom mean to this team and what do you need to put around him to be successful and what can you get back for Strom? And, and there's, there's so many different moving parts and like, it's also about getting back to being, you know, being a playoff team and, and getting, um, you know, just the necessary pieces. So if the Brinkett brings you multiple pieces back and, and it, I think the Brinkett's a tough one because this, this theme is so offensively challenged that trading your highest, you know, your best offensive player um, would probably you know, bring you further down, but it, it, it's it's about yeah, it's 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 thinking outside the box a little bit and not getting comfortable with with anyone at this point. And um, well, that's the whole and, problem and, and, here, and, right? I mean, the whole problem yeah. is that you just the, 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 there's there's almost no other way to get all the pieces you need to fix this, yeah. Except for trading your only good players, which is you're between a rock and a hard place there because it's like you're trading everything for futures that may or may not pan out, and the guys you have to trade to do it are pretty young and really good, and it's yeah, you know, you're, you're just kind of stuck. Well, and I think part of it too. I mean, it, it goes to the Kane and Taves conversations. You know, like it's it, and I, uh, you know, I think a number of people brought that up too. Is just having conversations with them and and seeing what you know. How do you feel and what do you, you know? What do you want to do? Like yeah. what you know? This, uh, I think you know. I, I think if Kyle Davidson or whomever is going to succeed, I think it takes a lot of honesty. You know, it takes a lot of honesty with Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner saying, you know, this is we've been dealt a really awful hand, and you know, like. Uh, you know, as much as Stan wanted to be optimistic about this team, like we're seeing what it is, you know, like we've seen it under two coaches now and we've seen, um, you know, at its best, it, you know, like it isn't nearly good enough, you know, and, um, you know, like they've gotten better in some ways as the season goes, but there, there are a lot of pieces away. And, um, you know, I, I think Jake McCabe's struggles this year have, have certainly helped and, yeah. and, 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 you know, Doc not taking that next step and Kubalik being inconsistent and, you know, Kane not producing and, and you know, certain Taves has come around lately, but, you know, they were probably more hopeful. So I think it's, yeah, they just, it has to be a, 
a realistic view, but also have to have those those, those honest conversations with candidates because uh, a lot of their future of the organization is is in what they want and what their next contracts look like if they want to come back or if the Blackhawks want them back. But I think the sooner they have those conversations, probably the better for everyone. There, there is one other aspect of this that we're that nobody ever really thinks about because we're talking about the on ice product, but this team needs to sell tickets too. For sure, and, yeah. And and if you get rid of Debrinket and you move Taves and Kane. And hell, you move Doc. I mean, what are you marketing? Are you marketing Brandon Hagel as your number one star? Is Connor Murphy the face of this franchise? I mean, these are things that the Blackhawks, you know, fans and us as reporters don't really think about and don't factor in when you say tear it down, burn it down, start from scratch. That might be the prudent thing to do on ice in the long term. But the fact of the matter is the Hawks haven't made nearly as much money the last two years as they normally would have, and they don't want to continue to lose money. Uh, It's really hard to market without... You know, it's hard. It, uh, ticket sales are still good. There's like an 18,000 people per game. That's kind of impressive given the quality of this team right now. But if you take Taves and Kane out and you take to bring it out, those numbers are going to dip significantly. And I think yeah. that's I, going I feel like to be people a come right now. St- I think people still come because of Kane and Taves. And I think right. Flurry might even be the third one. Like, oh, absolutely. Know, I feel like- yeah. I, I and and I I think the Brinkett's audience has grown. Um, I'm surprised I don't see more to Brinkett jerseys around there. A little, you know, somewhat. Everyone bought I, their I jerseys they, during the cup years. That's why. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. And 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 even Alex Seth Jones jerseys. I I know I know they tried to push Seth Jones, and it just hasn't. And part of it is it is connected to winning. You know, like it, so much of it is connected to you know having a successful team or playing a different sort of style. And um, they haven't. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. They just, they, they, you know, like Kirby Doc hasn't really caught on. I mean, there, we saw glimpses of, you know, him just being a special player, you know, at times at development camp and, and, and other times. But yeah, just it, I don't think he's drawing fans right now. And, and, I, and I do think you got to have a long term plan with Doc right now. And, you know, probably the good thing for the Blackhawks is, is you know, like he's not going to cost them much in their co- next contract. But, and, and, and their hope is that he still clicks. So, um, you mentioned we mentioned trading Kirby to uh, Alex to Brinkett, and then my cat literally jumped into my lap. So. <laughs> I was uh, angry. And then, there, but this is from uh, Kevin L. and he and he said, "Can we develop prospects quickly enough to be ready for the NHL while these players are still in the prime?" And and he mentioned kind of like the Brinkett, Doc, Hagel, Jones, and Reichel. Um, could we supplement with free agency, which can be expensive? If not, then no one on this roster should be untouchable. And and I guess that's the other point too is that there there has to be a timeline for everything, and that's and and that and, that, and that's hard, you know. Like like if Kane and Taves stick around, like at what point do you have enough cap space? What point are players developed enough? Like like everything has to uh, everything has to meet, and 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 I and I think that's going to be the challenge for the next GM too is is figuring out. Uh, because I do think it's it's going to have to take a step step back again, you know. Like you have to take a step back from some players to to move forward. So it, it's it's meeting everyone's timeline. Because you know, Kane and Taves are in their mid thirties then. Like like who's ready and you know what, what's their cap hits and who's who's due money. So I I think there's so much juggling of uh, finding an exact not to be exact, but a, you know a close enough timeline to say this is when we expect to be competitive and this is why because the development or be free agency or or all these different factors. All right, who's next? Kurt S. says, get as much as you can for Flurry at the deadline and get as much as you can for Kubalik at the deadline or in the offseason because uh, I don't think they're in the offseason long-term plans. Uh, you know, he says to build up draft stock, whether it's for 2022, 23, and then let your prospects develop. Uh, and, and this was another two. I thought this was a good point, just about having how Bowman had a short leash with a lot of players. And I, and I think 
you know, whether it's Bodan or Mitchell or, you know, Galvis or all these guys. Or Doc at this point, yeah. Yeah, like it's just, it, it's, it, you need time for these guys. And, 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 and certainly Doc's accelerating now because he's in the NHL. But I think that it's important for that next GM to, um, yeah, to, to really allow players to, uh, I, and I don't agree completely with the, the AHL is not a developmental league. I, I think at some point it, it's, it sort of runs its course for some players. I think for, for guys like Reichel, like it's getting there now, like it, like he's better off playing with skilled players sooner than later. Um, I think for some guys, especially defensemen, I think, I think it's a great league where it's, you just, you need that ice time, you need those reps. And um, I, I think for uh, yeah, I think for the next GM that's really important is to really allow these guys to uh, to mature and to give them time to really you know see who they are before moving on from them or moving them up. Uh, Corey S says whoever comes in inherits whatever roster and prospect pool that is currently present in the organization. I would think the incoming GM would need a foundational infrastructure of scouting, analytics, and development. I feel that over the past few years, even when winning those cups, they could never develop players. I want to see the franchise be able to maximize the potential of draft picks, identify talent, and create a cohesive roster for sustained success. Absolutely, hundred percent. That sounds great. Really hard to do though. Like yeah. you know the 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 Blackhawks, yeah. Like like Scott was just saying, have not had a good history of developing their own talent. Like when was the last time a defenseman came in that they really developed? We keep going back to Nicholas Jalmerson because you know so many other guys went by the wayside. Um, there does need to be more patience, and there does need to be different infrastructure. I think that's an important part, and I think that's why a lot of us were advocating for having a president of hockey ops, right? Someone who could rethink the entire organizational structure and the way they go about business and the way they handle scouting and the way they talk about development um, while the GM focuses on the GM duties. And I do think that eventually they're going to have to go in that direction because it's going to be really hard for Kyle Davidson if he gets the GM job to completely reimagine the entire Blackhawks organization from top to bottom because he's going to have his hands full managing the team. So, uh, you know, it, Corey here is, is 100% correct, but... It's one of those things that is a lot easier uh, in theory than in practice. Brett C had brought up the idea of he, he had this long outline one, which which was a pretty good one. But he he mentioned about not bringing anyone that's uh, over twenty six in the UFA market, or just you know. And I don't know how realistic that is if you go to the UFAs, like they're usually around that age. But you know, like more of like you're not just plugging in players. And his other point was. Um, and this and this might be the reality too is that the two thousand twenty three draft supposed to be even. Uh, you know, more stockpiled than 2022. And, and you yeah. almost wonder if Blackhawks fans are going to be in store for even a worse 2022-23 season in, in the Blackhawks hoping to get a lottery pick then. You know, Connor like Bedard. I mean, do you want do you want Shane Wright, who projects to be a good, solid two-way forward, or do you want Connor Bedard, who projects to be Connor McDavid? I mean, yeah, that's your yeah, choice. For sure. Yeah, and it sounds like the draft even as a whole. So I, I, I almost wonder that, you know, if the bad things are, are now and it's tough because the Blackhawks aren't going to likely have that first-round pick, it's that they might have to endure another rough season just because, uh, yeah, yeah, you need you need Doc to develop. But, I mean, the easiest way to often get back into it is they get high draft picks. And, and they certainly, you know, with Kane and Taves, you, you know, they have experience from that. And, um, you know, that's – and yeah, I don't know. I mean, now, now that you've traded Boquist and – yeah, they haven't really capitalized enough on when they were bad, and so I wonder if there's a little bit more bad to come before they can be good again. So, well, that's what uh, Mike Babcock famously said in 2013 during that playoff series: is the Blackhawks were bad the right way. They got Taves and Kane and re- and rebuilt the entire team when they were bad. You have to maximize being bad. Uh, just a couple more here from Andrew B. He said, "Bring up Galvis, Mitchell, Reichel, Slavin." Uh, 
Slavin, Soderblom, Hardman, and play them after the trade deadline and see what you if you've got and go from there. And I'm I'm curious what what the season becomes because it it's going to be pretty soon where the, the hope is going to just just kind of fall out. And, I mean, to do and, that and you have to you have to move guys. You can't just send well, Calvin Dahan to Rockford. You know, you, you have yeah, to be able yeah. to trade no, no, these no, guys. That, that's what I think after the trade deadline because I think there will be you know if they move Dahan or Gustafson, like playing Galvis, you know, playing Galvis eighteen to twenty minutes up here makes a lot more sense than him playing a third pairing role or. Or any of those guys are just giving them starts. Like you need to support them with some veterans and stuff. But I, I think that'll be curious to see who they bring up. And um, let's see. This is from uh, John D. Uh, he mentioned kind of King too. I think that's why I chose him. Was just there. There were some more thoughts about the coach. He says Cat uh, is untouchable. Pay him. I yeah, kind of agree yeah, with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, just and uh, final one. And this was uh, this is probably the most uh, in depth one. This was from Chris C. and uh, he really broke it down about what to do with yeah. you know trading away for futures and the post deadline and, and he had a whole lineup here and you know resigning Lincoln and Delia and resigning Kershaw for two years and he had uh, you know giving Debrinket a nine million eight year contract and yeah I don't know I, get I, this guy you know, an interview man or this girl uh, it's Chris with a K I'm not sure but I, I was gonna I was gonna say even you know like I I, I feel like some of this is tedious reading through them but it, I, I for for readers go go. Go through the comments, and a lot of people have been on there all day, just kind of interacting with each other. And, and it, the comment section does be kind of become kind of a message board in that way, and uh, a fun back and forth too. So there, I think there's some really interesting ideas, and um, you know, I think some that the next GM will, will certainly uh, certainly look at. Maybe they'll uh, even look at their own comment section. But um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I, I appreciate everyone who who, who wrote it and, and and added their ideas. Like it was it was a different exercise and something we thought we'd just try and certainly gave us something to. Um, the publish yesterday and send something to uh, use in the podcast today. So I uh, appreciate everyone doing that. Yeah. And we'll have obviously more. There's still 37 games left. Somehow we will come up with things to write that aren't just uh, have our readers do it for us. Um, we got obviously tomorrow night, we've got the town hall meeting we'll be writing off of and uh, the late night at the UC with the 840. And you're going to Vegas. Well. I am leaving for Vegas Thursday as as morning, get there. weather permitting to go to the all-star game. There's always good stuff to get down there. Uh, that'll be fun. And then the Hawks have like six, they have like a six day all-star break. So, you know, I'll have some stuff from all-star to kind of keep us, uh, keep yeah. the readers. And I'm occupied. actually going to, uh, I'm going to take a little, I was planning on vacation with the Olympic breaks. So I'm going to stick with the vacation. I will go next week. So we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, I guess we'll probably, I think we're going to do a live room at some point here in the next few weeks. Yeah, that'll be people, fun where you can, like, people us, actually get to you can interact ask with questions, us. interact with us live on the air. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll find a replacement for you next week, Scott. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get, you'll get Wally pipped here. Ooh. Maybe my I'm cat excited. here, who's like destroying my hand right now, chewing Marcus on Kruger? It. Marcus Kruger. Marcus Kruger. Marcus Kruger. Yeah, get Marcus Kruger on the air with me. Um, yeah. So yeah, so lots of stuff coming. Um, I hope I can get out of here, everyone. Good luck with the weather uh, yes. here in Northwest Indiana. It's supposed to be a lot worse than it's going to be up by most of you. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that, but uh, you know, February in Chicago land. What are you going to do? Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, well, I won't be back here next week. But <laughs> last, last potentially, I might. Both of us. Well, both of us will be back here for sure in two weeks and uh, yeah, continue to read our stuff at The Athletic. And so for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers and this is Lazarus and Powers. Take care. And I know that I can fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let